Hello and welcome to Confessions of an Aging Ingenue. I am your aging ingenue, Jenny Tooley. So excited to have you here today. We are going to get started here in a minute, but first I want to extend a personal invitation to you to join us in the confessional Wednesday nights, first Wednesday of the month. Check it out at JennyTooley.com. You might even end up in the confessor seat. Okie dokie, here we go! Hey everybody, it's Jenny Tooley. How are you guys doing today? Oh good, I'm so glad. (laughs) It's about um, 90 degrees here in Austin. Nice fall day. And it's noon, so maybe it won't get to 100. That's progress. That is progress right there, folks. Um, this is just me with an iPhone in my apartment. Uh, no editing, no scripting, nothing. We're just getting down to the brass tacks here. So on today's episode of Have I Told You About the Time, what are we going to talk about? Have I told you about the time that we lost a location 12 hours before we were supposed to shoot? But because I was willing to trust my co-producer, God, we had an even better outcome that I could have even expected. That's long, I know, but, you know, I felt like I needed to include it all. <laughs> um, so when we were shooting Stock, which is my first feature film, um, we were on a very, uh, we we're on a micro budget. So the entire film thus far, we're at di- festivals and distribution right now. The entire film's budget is $45,000 at this point, which is pretty much nothing y'all. Um, so all of our locations were basically free. Um, all of our people were free. Everything that we could ask for, we asked for, and we only paid for things we absolutely had to pay for. So one of our locations was at a nursing home. And this nursing home room was supposed to bookend the movie. It was supposed to be in the first scene of the movie and the last scene of the movie. It was a very important location because it's the first scene and the last scene of the movie and also because of what happens there at the end. Well, um, Rachel Dreiling... The amazing manifester Rachel had gone out and scoured Dallas for um, ner- care, like nursing care rooms, hospital rooms, nursing care rooms, whatever we, whatever we could use that would look right. And she found one. And she found a um, community, one of those communities that was willing to let us come in and um, shoot in one of their rooms. And we went out there, art department and camera and me went out there and we looked at it. We said, great. And we prepped everything around this room. We scheduled everything around the use of this room. And the night before we were going to shoot, I believe it was about 10 o'clock at night. I got an email followed by a number of texts and phone calls from Rachel who was very clearly upset. And the owner or manager, I don't know who it was, of this location literally pulled the rug right out from under us and told us we could no longer use it. 
Something had changed his mind. No interaction up to this point had suggested to us that this was going to be a problem. Everybody was happy and on board. Uh, this was like out of the blue. And I read the letter that he sent, and Rachel said, you know, do we need to, to should we just call him again, or should we just show up in the morning with our crew, and maybe they'll, we'll just talk him into it, and they'll change their mind. And after reading the letter, I said, nope, I know this person. This is a Jekyll and Hyde person. Um, I'm really familiar with this type of um, communication. <laughs> And the answer is, we are not going to deal with these people. We're not going to take our entire crew there in the morning and just show up and hope that they're going to change their mind or have any more dealings with them. Um, so luckily, I had been doing enough work on myself and in recovery that I knew that it was going to be fine. And I didn't need to freak out. There was a time in my life where I would have freaked out about this. Like, this would have sent me over the moon. And I didn't. I just said, we're canceling tomorrow's shoot. Now, also know that this was after a long period of shooting. This was one of our last weeks of shooting. And our shooting lasted over a period of months. I was exhausted. My team was starting to get exhausted. Um... It was just what it was. So I sent an email out to everybody and said, the shoot's canceled for tomorrow, you know, to consider it a day off. I felt bad because I knew that these people were working for me for free and they could have probably lined up a paid gig the next day, but there was nothing I could do about it. Some people were really happy to get a day off. We had a, a great day off, an unexpected day off. Um, and I went to bed. The next day, I got up, and the lovely Jenny McGuire was in town because she was there for the shoot, and she said, I'm going to take you out today, and I'm going to give you, I'm going to just going to get you juice and like really healthy things. I was like, that sounds awesome. So we got juice, and um, we went to College Hanji's, which is one of my favorite places in Dallas. It's a Hindu temple with a restaurant, a vegetarian restaurant, and Jenny and I sat out on the um, patio, which is a half-covered courtyard with um, a fountain and trees in it, and it's just beautiful and calming, and we ate vegetarian food, and it, the, the, I knew what to do. Like It started forming in my head. I knew what to do. Rachel had gone out that morning, I didn't know this, but she had gone out to try to find somewhere else to shoot that day and was texting me and saying, hey, we can shoot here, it's going to cost us much and we could get there by whatever time. And I was like, no, honey, take a break. <laughs> take a break, eat some food, chill out, rest. It's all going to be fine. So um, after lunch, uh, Jenny and I had just talked briefly and, and this is solution came to mind <clears throat> and the solution was this it's no longer a nursing home room she is in home care so she's in a house we shoot it at Laurel's house if Laurel and her family will agree to this we had already shot it at something at Laurel's house 
um, we had already shot this room at Laurel's house, actually, because something else had shifted us into, it, I think it was me. I decided we were going to have two different rooms. It wasn't going to be the nursing home room at the beginning and the end. It was going to be, quote, Mimi's room, like when she was young at the beginning, and then the nursing home room at the end. And they were going to be designed in the same way, so that they looked the same, but they were just different rooms. <coughs> so we had already shot at Laurel's house because we shot that first room, Mimi's room. And the reason we had to shoot at Laurel's house was because we were set to shoot at another woman's house and there was some kind of street construction that was going to happen that the city was doing um, on our shoot day. So at the very last minute with that, we had to switch. Are you starting to see the pattern here? And I had asked Laurel, you know, could we please use your house? Or she offered it. And so we had already shot Mimi's room, the first scene, at Laurel's house. So as Jenny and I were sitting there at College Angie's, I said, let's just do home care instead of a nursing home room, and we'll shoot it at Laurel's house if they're okay with it. <clears throat> well, it turned out they were fine with it. Thank you so much, Laurel and Keith and Zane. So that was the first step. The next step was rewriting the scene. How do I rewrite this in order to, to make it work? The next step was emailing everybody and checking schedules. When can we shoot this? I had already contacted Matt Ragland because he was scheduled to fly home um, on a certain day. And we were going we to have to extend the shoot. It became obvious to me when we lost the nursing home room that we were going to have to extend the shoot day um, to the end of this, the week. And he had already been scheduled to fly out. And he was like, oh, no, that's not a problem. I'll stay in town. I was like, great. So I knew we'd have him. And then all the other emails started coming in about who was going to be available that day. And everything was working out. And the only thing that wasn't working out was um, Linnell was not available that day. So she was double cast as the diner waitress and the nurse at the end. And I was like, oh, that's so sad, but I have an idea. This is a mechanical role. I need it to be somebody who's in, like, an authority position. Why not use the policeman? Stormy Demerson. Oh, my God. So I recast and put Stormy in that role um, at the end, which was brilliant. Thank you, God, literally, for that casting. Uh, Linnell would have been great. But uh, Stormy was great and I think kind of perfect in a way that Linnell might not have been for that role. That, you know? Um, so we, within an hour and a half, I think, I had rewritten the script, sent it out, rescheduled everything, and had the place that we were going to shoot it, and then I took a nap. Right? Right, y'all? <laughs> The other thing that happened was that, um, and I don't remember if it happened because of this, but it was another one of those great, if I just let go and hand it over, it's going to work out better than I could have believed it. Man, I need to hear that today. Uh, was the role of the man was supposed to be played by Jeff Schmidt. Jeff had committed to it months before. I really wanted him to play the role. Um, Leading up to the, the shoot, though, I, was sitting, I just had this sense that this was not the right casting decision. But I, I stuck with it because he had already committed and I wanted him to do it. Well, as we got closer to the shoot days, 
um, I sent out the schedule and Jeff was like, oh my God, what happened here? Well, he hadn't been getting all of my preliminary emails. Somehow he'd been left off the thread. So he didn't know that we were shooting on specific days and that he was going to be shooting this number of days. And he was really already overwhelmed because he had just taken over at Theater 3 and he had a cold. So again, I was sat there and instead of freaking out, I paused and I said, well, what can we do? Well, I had cast Larry Jack Dodson as, the, as um, Bobby the Regular. So Larry Jack was already prepared to come in to shoot at the diner um, the next day, which is like what was happening with Jeff. Literally, Jeff could come to the diner, but he couldn't come to the nursing home room, right? Larry Jack was already scheduled to be at the diner. And so I called Larry Jack. I said, hey, man, would you be interested in playing a larger role? Here's what it is. Here are the dates. And he was like, yeah, sure. Well, I'd known Larry Jack for quite a while. He was in my first short film, Safety of Others, which was also his first film. And um, that next day we got in to the diner. Leila, I had prepped Leila to know that we had a costume change happening and it turned out that uh, the man's costume that Jeff had been fitted for fit Larry Jack perfectly. She said it fit him even better than it fit Jeff. And every concern I had about what was going to happen with the man, because I was going to have to age Jeff to make the last scene work, I didn't have to do that with Larry Jack. He was already pretty much the right age. Um, in the diner scenes, I just shot around his face, which was perfect he was faceless he was mostly a presence there just like he's a presence in Mimi's head in her story um and he was beautiful oh my god he played the role uh and the quote now not nursing home room in that room so beautifully so yeah um everything came together for that the scene was even better than it was before uh, there were some hiccups with art department because when I rewrote the script, I didn't include some things, but we got it all worked out. And um, I I couldn't have done that. Like the saying, um, you know, that God, let God do for you what you cannot do for yourself. Literally, I could not have recast that. I In my being, I'd already committed to somebody, so I couldn't recast it. So God was like, okay. No problem. I'm going to make him, make him unavailable. <laughs> you know, I could not have decided to switch to, from the nursing home room to home care. That was not even on my radar until it happened. So that was one of those great stories. I love that story. It's one of my favorites about how sometimes you just have to go with what's happening and trust that it's going to work out. And you don't have to invest. Like, I didn't have to invest all the freaky deaky stuff. Like, I didn't have to get nervous. It's funny because when I called Matt, I was so calm when I called him that night and said, hey, man, we have a cancellation. You know, we've lost our location. Um, we're going to have to do something different. Can you make yourself available for a little longer? Later, as we were recapping it, you know, after the shoot, probably a year later, he said, you know, when you made that phone call to me, I was shocked at how calm you were because he produces music. He's been on the road. He knows he, he's managed stuff. He knows what this is like. And um, I said, yeah, you know what? I just knew. I, I didn't need to invest in freaking out about it. 
and it all worked out fine. Um, so there you go. All right, you guys, that was the time that <laughs> I don't even remember. That was the time that uh, we lost a location for stuck and God gave us an even better option than I could have ever imagined. All right, love you guys. Thanks for being here with me today. I'm Jenny Tooley, your host. I can't wait to hear what you have to say about today's episode. So please comment, review, follow, subscribe, all those things that keep our podcast thriving. Until next time.